0: Welcome back to the Hot Heel Girl podcast. We are talking about more emotions today.
1: We, we heard you guys wanted more. <laughs> <laughs> we heard the consensus was the people wanted more.
0: I think that actually is one of our most listened to podcasts so far is the one you did with Amanda on MBSR.
1: Yeah, that one and one. I think Drainage 101 did really well too. Yeah. Drainage and MBSR. Yeah. Maybe we and can the Christina have... one's up there too, which yeah. makes sense. She was talking about the emotional healing in her journey. Mm-hmm. I know, but yeah, yeah. We should we we should probably have Amanda on for part two because I think I was, people would love that. I was that. thinking that yeah. like
0: yesterday. I was like, we should see if she wants to be on for part two, and maybe this time
1: I can join. <laughs> I know, right? You can actually meet her. <laughs> yeah, I literally was just on a call with her to get like my recertification like last week or the week before, so. And she did say it was so fun to be on this pod. She's like, we talked recently. And I feel like we just did because it was like a whole hour, right? We went through everything. And I'm like, you know, hopefully she'll come back on because she had a great time. She got a lot of positive feedback. We got a lot of positive feedback. We'll reach out. We'll see. Yeah. So but, where do you want to start with this?
0: Um. Well, basically we're talking about how emotions are connected to your different organ functions and like I don't want to say diseases because I don't like the word disease. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's so negative, but just like, I guess health concerns connected to that organ. So like your thyroid function or your digestion or your small intestines and how like these different emotions that you hold
1: onto are tied to issues there. And also if you're interested at all in this topic and like, obviously this is just going to be a sliver. This is going to be like an hour or less the book, um, You Can Heal Your Life by Louise Hay. She has a whole index in the back and it's obviously not as in-depth as like what we would tell you, but she goes over lots of different functions, lots of different like disorder diseases sort of things and like possible emotional attachments to them. Yeah, she's great. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, if you just like wanna kind of
0: self-diagnose yourself. exactly. Yeah, like what you do and what I do. I mean, we base it all off of like, your intake forms mm-hmm. and all of your symptoms. So it like really gets down to pinpointing yeah. everything because it's super in depth. So it's really easy to, you know, like pick apart which which organ is struggling because of what emotion, but we're, yeah, yeah, we're just going to kind of cover some of the more common ones today, I think.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I know your schooling taught you so much. And for me, most of my education was either self-education or MBSR, like my traditional, like, I guess physical healing stuff didn't teach me that, but MBSR teaches you a bunch. So Mm -hmm. where do you want to, which organ, gland, tissue?
0: Thyroid is my favorite because thyroid always comes up with people that I work with. It's a big
1: thing for hormones. That makes complete sense.
0: Yeah. And especially for emotions because, yeah, thyroid is just, and I like, you did the little MBSR thing on me yesterday and I was like, Yeah, no surprise. Yeah, your thyroid resonated. There, like, no. no surprise.
1: <laughs> I did a that mini clearing there. for Emily because the powers that be were telling me to. Um, so I, I and I sent you a little picture of like everything that resonated. I just did like a mini one that's like a 10 minute clearing, obviously, because I'm like, yeah, it takes a bunch of time. And thyroid resonated and I forget what the other organ was. There were only two organs and then lungs. a couple of thyroid and lungs. So yeah, go over the emotions that are tied to the thyroid typically.
0: So thyroid, um, let me see here. I'm going to start with the hypothyroid function. Uh, and the emotions are very similar, but they're a little bit different. But like hypothyroid is like what I used to lean towards was hypothyroid mm-hmm. symptoms. And I find that that one's the most common across the board. But your thyroid is associated with humiliation and thoughts of like never getting to do what you want to do. Mm -hmm. And so people will ask themselves, like, when will it be my turn? Or, you know, like this can also indicate like past experiences with these feelings surrounding trauma, um, those imbalances can be associated with like emotional upsets caused by like breaking off of friendships or family relations or depression, you know, suspicion, anxiety, and then just like poor elimination of harmful thoughts. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's a big thing. It's like being like choked up. Yeah. Not being able to speak your thoughts essentially. So they're like getting stuck here in your throat. Like you have what you want to say, but you feel like
1: you feel suppressed. Like you feel like you can't say what you want to, mm-hmm. or, or sometimes it's not being heard, even yeah. though you like vocalized it, it's that no one's hearing you, no one's listening mm-hmm. or just like the way you're interpreting it. Is exactly. I
0: feel like they're not listening mm-hmm. to you. So yeah, those are big, the biggest emotions tied to thyroid. And like I said, everyone that I work with that has all of those symptoms, when I bring up like those things being tied to it, every single one of them is like, oh, yeah, yeah, I do feel like that. Like Uh when I was little, I didn't, I felt like I couldn't stay stuff or like now in one of my relationships, I feel like I'm not heard or Mm -hmm. can't talk about things. And I do feel like with hypothyroid that it does seem to be more connected to like how you felt as a child, because hypothyroid is basically autoimmune. Mm-hmm. Almost. And so, you know, it's like developed over time. But even if you just have a thyroid imbalance, like even if you're not hypothyroid, you mm-hmm. still do tend to be very tied to those emotions.
1: Yeah. I also have, like you said, humiliated, silenced. I have choked up repressed, which mm-hmm. is like all, you know, these are literally the same. Um, lack of self-expression and depleted. And for those of you that don't know what it, hypothyroid, it's um when that, the thyroid is underactive. like it's not creating enough thyroid Mm -hmm. hormones for the body to thrive. Yeah. And if you have Hashimoto's,
0: that's what that is also.
1: Yeah. Cause then there's hyper on the other stamp on the other, you know, flip side, which Mm -hmm. is overactive. Yeah. It's like run really fast. I think, I mean, hyper is like the easiest one to remember because like it's hyper it's going fast. Yeah. (laughs) Hypo does seem to be the most common though. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I've, it's funny because my mom had Graves. She had her thyroid taken out once upon, actually before she had me, um, before she got pregnant with me, which things threw, that's how she ended up pregnant because threw off a lot of things in her body. Heh, I was not planned in case you were wondering this about me. <laughs> um, But she had Graves and she's like, everyone talks about Hashimoto's, everyone talks about Hashimoto's, but like Graves, which is hyper, no one talks about it. It's like mm-hmm. the opposite. It's not as common, which I totally yeah. agree with. Yeah. Yeah. And I think indecisive comes into indecisive and depleted, which is so interesting because I think they all are just tied into that self-expression and that like not feeling like you can properly express yourself, usually vocally. Right. Chakra energy.
0: Yeah. And it also like a note here in my stuff is like, it says glands have the meaning of a door shield or forest. So thyroid disturbance is usually associated with some issue regarding going through a door in life or making the decision of moving through one phase of life to another.
1: Hmm. How interesting. Do you have anything more on hypo? Do you want to go to hyper or do you, or are they mostly one and the same?
0: Um, they're a little bit, a little bit different i think i mean like basically the emotions are yeah, very yeah the emotions d- are similar similar um it does say for uh hyper it says this can be associated with like extreme disappointment and not being able to do what you want because you feel like you're always fulfilling everybody else's needs and not your own And also the thyroid is associated with humiliation. So, you know, if you're constantly feeling that. um, Yeah, an individual may feel as though he, she may lose a loved person or object and tries to prevent such a loss by holding on or possessiveness.
1: Yeah, I know. It's so interesting. Mm -hmm. All these emotions tied. I know. And if you're someone and it's interesting, well, what i've seen in my practice is it's more women than men that deal with thyroid issues right men can have men can have picture perfect thyroid hormones and i'm like how how is that whole thyroid panel perfect and then women i find that i most women in my practice i haven't seen almost any with like perfect thyroid hormones like so they're just tending towards one or the other usually it's just like needing of a nutrient or it's a downstream impact of like all that's going on in their body but it makes a lot of sense given what we know, like the nurturers and, you know,
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah, you want to always having to be good and like, yeah, like, yep. but I'm like, you yeah.
0: trying to always, like it said, you, you're always trying to fulfill everybody else's needs,
1: especially if you're a mom or a wife. Exactly. So, So check yourself, do things for you. And this, we were talking about the end of last podcast, a lot about the feminine, and the masculine, which is going to be a whole other podcast because we decided that it just needs to be. Um, yeah. So like lean more into that feminine side, the masculines, the doing for everyone, lean into the feminine, lean into the receiving, lean into the like accepting the flowiness, whatever feels flowy, abundant, good for you. Doesn't mean you have to be completely selfless and never or selfish and do everything for everyone else all the time. That means like add in the selfishness add Mm -hmm. in the moments add in that self-care yeah yeah okay I think
0: yeah women have such a hard time with being selfish and like I get it I also feel the same but yeah just for your own personal health it is very very
1: important okay so what did we say we're gonna move on to next thyroid and oh what was the other one you had blocked lungs let's go to lungs So what I have for lungs lungs in terms of just emotions. Yeah. Um, grief, sadness, invalidated, smothered, suffocated, isolated, unworthiness and intolerant. I mostly see it with grief and sadness. It's like people aren't able to get rid of some sort of grief that they have. Maybe it's a loss. Maybe it's something being pulled away. I don't know.
0: I mean, yeah, all of that hits for me.
1: (laughs) I don't know, man. Just telling yeah. you what came up because usually, like when she had the block to like the thyroid or the lungs, like the way I do it, there totally can be a physical block there. That could be what it's telling me. But nine times out of ten, it's an emotional block. Mm-hmm. It's that you are emotionally blocked from that thing doing a hundred percent of its job. It's the emotions that are tied to that organ, not necessarily the organ in and of itself.
0: Yeah, I think especially with lungs, I feel like, yeah very, very big. I don't know if I have a section for lungs That's actually.
1: Okay. Um, what do you want to go to after that? We just briefly touched upon it. I don't see too many people with a lot of lung issues. So, but when they do, it's typically a grief thing. It's like a holding on. It's aren't these holding on.
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, do we want to do adrenals? Cause I know everyone has Adrenal, adrenal issues.
1: fatigue. Okay.
0: We can do adrenals. Which is actually mitochondrial fatigue. Yeah, that, I mean, you it, know, everybody it really calls is. it adrenal
1: fatigue. I know. I'm not even gonna. I don't even talk about the adrenals. I'm always like, nope, not the adrenal.
0: Sorry. But, you know, I feel like people can relate to it because they know the word and they know yeah. the symptoms, you know? Yeah. So Yeah. Basically, the adrenals are the strength center of the body. So again, going back to your mitochondria, your mitochondria is your energy producer. So it is your strength center. That's what your adrenals are. So it mine says like they're here to cheer you on and give you energy to keep on keeping on helping you to tackle stressful situations. Unfortunately, they become exhausted and simply cannot take care of anything, just like people Adrenals are associated with a false sense of responsibility, similar to how humans feel they have to do it all alone. Relationships and community can greatly alleviate this feeling. Mm. So adrenals react heavily to past trauma as well as emotions such as fear or hate. The struggle for success can cause adrenals to release reserves of stress hormones, draining nutrients like B vitamins and magnesium, and often even often affecting the lower back.
1: Which is funny that you say affecting the lower back because what's also tied to fear, kidneys. And the kidneys are, if you didn't know this, they're in your lower back. Mm -hmm. So I was listening to you talk and I was like, "Mm, adrenals and the kidneys tied hand in hand, right? But the kidneys are tied to fear, fright, powerlessness, deep exhaustion, dread, and being insecure. It is... A lot of the times fear and worry, like when people are dealing with fear and worry, like that at a, at a really deep level, like they can't shake it ever, no matter what they do, no matter how much nervous system support they're doing. A lot of the times there's things blocking it in their kidneys.
0: Mm -hmm. I'm honestly surprised that kidneys didn't come up for me when you did the (laughs) the MBSR, because that is where I will notice just like pain. Sometimes mm-hmm. just like unexplainable pain, and it literally feels like my kidneys hurting, but I can connect it to like like you said, either fear being and worry. fearful or worrying about something.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's it's big with fear and worry. I things also happen, and especially with MBsR, things get cleared in phases, right? Like if your body at a surface level just needed the thyroid and the lungs right now, because it's like that's what's like most in need. Hmm. maybe once we clear that the fear and the worries at a deeper level and a deeper level it's like anything like you get into deeper levels the more you do it yeah I probably should do some more sessions with you yeah because I always tell people that when they're like oh my god I'm surprised that didn't come up and I'm like like especially when they're like main symptoms a lot of the times won't come up in the first session like I had a client that was dealing with a bunch of hormonal dysregulation. And that was like, again, a downstream impact, but it didn't take to like the second orthoid session for like the hormones to come up and the testosterone and, the, and those sorts of things. And I was like, yeah, because your body wasn't ready to address it. We needed to get out all this surface level junk first, mm-hmm. but okay. Kidneys are our fear. And so is oh, crud. Isn't it the, nope. The spleen, the spleen's worry. Mm-hmm. do you have anything on the kidneys or the spleen i do have kidneys i think yeah so kidneys are fear and worry i was just like connecting them that's that this is the stream that i was going with right like fear and worry to then just worry mm-hmm. i also have like less than yours is different than mine mine's more just like emotions yours is like root causes tied to
0: yeah, I mean mine has like all a whole I list. Like you have, of you have some nice possible, little
1: anecdotes too.
0: Possible root causes. <laughs> um, so yeah, here's kidneys. Um, kidney problems are associated with indecision. They represent criticism, disappointment, failure, shame, or reacting like a child. Inflammation can be associated with fear, inflamed thinking, seeing red, anger, and frustration about conditions in one's life. Mm. The kidneys represent the realm of partnership and symptoms may appear when we are engaged in conflicts without partners, not just sexually, but in the fundamental way we approach other people. The encounter with a partner is an encounter with the unknown aspect of our psyche, where we are attracted to that which we feel lack in
1: ourself. A lot of the times the kidneys are tied to the prostate, obviously in men, right? Mm-hmm. And that has to do with a lack of... Of feeling masculine as well. And the kidneys are a drainage pathway too. So when you think about that fear, that fright, that powerlessness, that anything else, um, it's impacting your ability to get rid of toxins, being so afraid. And I know mm-hmm. it's always easier said than done because fear feels so logical. Like it feels so logical because your subconscious mind is trying to protect you from whatever was once a threat or what you're perceiving to be a threat in your mind and it could be a totally valid threat but that doesn't mean that reliving it twice is going to help you like you think okay being afraid of it is helping me prepare so that i can make it not happen and sometimes that is real but a lot of the times like we can't stop what's coming which everyone hates to hear like the fear just makes you live something twice. And I was someone who I'll talk about it. I had a loved one who was in a really, really stressful uh, health situation. I was in a lot of fear. Like there was a lot of fear in me around how was it going to happen? How could we prevent it from happening again? Blah, 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 blah. But like that literally didn't help my life at all. I'm not mm-hmm. even going to lie to you as someone who were on mostly the other side of it. We're still working through it, but it- <laughs> The fear did not benefit me in any way. And I had all these tools and I was working on my nervous system. So like, I get it. I'm not being, I wasn't a hypocrite. I was doing my best with what I had, but on the other side, like if you can alleviate the fear in any way, try. like you said, it
0: really is easier said than done, because I think everybody deals with fear over something. At There's so you know, many things. some point or another, or like even just a recurring fear of like, I know some people who are fearful every time they drive or, you know, whatever, but it, like you said, it doesn't, it doesn't change anything. And honestly, I think it makes it worse sometimes <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because if you're out there with that, like fear mentality of, oh, I'm, I'm going to run into somebody or gonna like, somebody's, yeah, somebody's going to run into me, mm-hmm. you know, it's just, you're always in that heightened state of
1: exactly. Like anxiety. I thought I was preventing my loved one from having, well, I knew I wasn't, but like the fear was happening. Like I thought I was preventing it from happening again, like a big flare, something scary, a really tragic event. Mm-hmm. But all I was doing was putting myself in a literal state of fear and worry 24 seven, which didn't help anyone because yeah, I was hyper vigilant, but like if it was going to happen, it was going to happen. I wasn't going to be able to stop the train on the tracks.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I was just aware it was happening. Versus it being a surprise before it was literally helping no one. And I was manifesting it more times than I wasn't because my energy was projecting onto them. And I, I would be like, are you like concerned about me? And they were like, Oh my God. Yeah. I'm concerned about you because you're so afraid all the time that like, I want to do my best to like not do this. And I was causing fear in them mm-hmm. because they were literally holding to my fear. I was like, God damn it. This is my <laughs> fault. This is my fault. I'm the one holding on to fear. And like, I'm projecting it onto you. I'm projecting all of this like hypervigilance. Mm-hmm. And I did lots of sessions and RRTs and a bunch of stuff. And I'm going to say it definitely helped a lot. Like I did, you know, clearings. and like, cause I have all these tools at my disposal that helped somewhat. But like, also one thing about fear is just looking fear in the face and overcoming it if you can, if it's something like driving, like exposing your nervous system, something over and over and over and proving to your your nervous system that it's not a threat. I was doing a lot of meditations where I was like, what what's once a threat is not a threat it doesn't exist it no longer exists it doesn't exist it doesn't exist like telling myself that 70 billion times actually sunk in so that was a tangent but it was valid yeah um okay so then I was saying spleen do you have anything on the spleen
0: no I don't have anything on the spleen or it has kidney and bladder together but not the
1: not the spleen what i have on the spleen is the worry and ina- inadequacy lack of boundaries woohoo i know a lot of people are going to <laughs> maybe not resonate with that but you should um obsessed negativity impatient and ruminating
0: i feel like the spleen is very underrated like it oh gosh, should yeah. be should be taken care of more and like thought no of more brought up
1: more no one talks about spleen no why? Why are we neglecting the spleen?
0: You really shouldn't.
1: I mean, I,
0: I didn't know much about it until like a year ago when all these like different symptoms started coming up, like even for me, but also for clients. And then it's just like, you start researching it and almost everything was tied to the spleen. And I'm like, why, why isn't this in anything? Like, why oh, no, isn't probably... this in health programs or why, yeah, you know,
1: why does nobody talk about this? Looking back, do you think any of it was tied to worry, lack of boundaries, negativity, and patience, inadequacy?
0: I wouldn't say impatience, but definitely okay. worry. The other ones. <laughs> inadequacy. Yeah. Those two, I think were the big ones for me.
1: And I agree. I guess because we like obviously didn't go to medical school. Like there are so many different organs, glands, things that we like don't learn about. Mm-hmm. And I think about that all the time, too, because I'm like the pancreas, too. I feel like no one touched upon the pancreas, or at least not for us. I'm like, I learned so much about it. I forget why. But I was like, dang, I should pretty much get a medical school education at this point because of all the research I've done <laughs> on the spleen, the pancreas, and all these things that no one's teaching us about, but not not obviously. Mm-hmm. I know. Not actually. Don't worry. I'm not taking anything away from those who go to medical school. It's a lot. Um, So then with the, I was saying obsessed, what I see coming up the most for um, obsessed is the lymph. The lymph emotionally is tied to being stuck, obsessed, uncentered, and sluggish. It's like a ruminating and overthinking type of thing. And I find that so many people that have like lymph stagnancy or Lyme, which is tied to lymph stagnancy. There is an obsessed, overthinking, ruminating energy about them. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing wrong with that. But a lot of people think that, right, like, if you obsess over your symptoms, if you micromanage them, if you're like, dah, 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 like, you're always going to get it right, that you think that the only way to heal is to that hypervigilance, that obsession. But, like, it's actually blocking you because the lymph wants to flow it's flowy in nature
0: mm-hmm. that's literally it's design
1: is to yeah move
0: through your body move a couple things out.
1: a couple other emotions are hanging on or not letting go lack of focus like i said feeling stuck unable to move forward control, out of control, lack of control, fear of rejection. So limiting belief that comes in with a lot of this is I'm afraid to succeed or fail. You're afraid to succeed or or fail. So you're just stuck. Mm -hmm. You're just like that fear is sitting in. Like we said, lymph wants to flow. Let it go, baby. Yep. I mean, all these things are easier said than done, right? Like I'm not going to sit here and tell you that all of this stuff is easier to do, but that's why that emotional or other work is so important. Do you have anything on the limb? No. I love the limb so much.
0: Um, Me too. Again, I think it's one of those things that, again, it's just not taught about enough. Like you have to do your, your basically your own research on it. Thankfully, like I, the limp was always something I was aware about because of my that's mom, fun. because she was like always supporting her limp and With always her fascia, on, yeah, to. always on the rebounder. Like every morning she was, cause, uh, I was homeschooled. And so obviously teacher was mom, but like every morning I would, she would get me started on, I had math, math was always my first subject. And so she would get me started on my math and then she would be like <laughs> in her office rebounding for like 10 <laughs> minutes. <laughs>
1: I love that. That was like our morning schedule. If you want to learn a lot about the lymph, the book of lymph is phenomenal. It is love, such yeah. a good book. You're not going to read it cover to cover because there's so much information about it, but like it's a you have it in front of you. Yeah, it's yeah. a phenomenal resource.
0: <laughs> if you're watching on YouTube, this is yeah. it by Lisa it's Lovett pretty. Gainsley. Yeah, it is a pretty I book. I love it.
1: Yeah, I think it's so pretty.
0: If you want an aesthetic book for your shelves, this is it.
1: And it's so informative about Mm -hmm. the lymph yeah and Um, she has a lot of just like self-care practices in there or like massages she has so many massages
0: mm -hmm. it's funny because that's like the one thing that reed will ask me for he's like can you do that like tummy thing or can you like he calls it petting his head can you just like pet my head because it just like
1: yeah yeah she has a lot for like different like ailments, whatever, like earaches, throat aches, those sorts of things like swollen lymph nodes on your neck. Cause some people get that when you're sick. Mm-hmm. She has like lots of different massages for different things like that. And like constipation, whatever, like the stomach lymphatic massage is phenomenal. Yeah. Okay. Where do you want to go to next?
0: Um, I was thinking maybe liver and gallbladder. because oh, Love liver blabbers. and gallbladder.
1: <laughs> love the liver and gallbladder. Okay. I'll start up some Emotions, I guess, anger, rage, resentment, destructive, feeling forced, lack of expression, inflexible, inefficiency, toxic, depressed, critical, dissatisfied, unforgiveness, bitterness, pride, blaming, and self-pity. And the limiting belief tied to that is it is beyond my control.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You got. Tell me, tell me, let us soak it in.
0: Um, so I have like two sections. There's, um, liver and gallbladder, like symptoms associated with insufficient bile. And then I have Mm -hmm. another one like liver and gallbladder symptoms associated with toxin overload. Mm -hmm. Um, the insufficient bile obviously is more tied towards the gallbladder, but it says gallbladder is tied to emotions, reflecting inspiration, passion, and assertiveness. Gallbladder concerns could indicate inability to make decisions or take action. The gallbladder receives bile from the liver, which is associated with anger. This anger can be from fear, pain, or past traumatic events. The gallbladder is where bile is stored until ready for release. Mm -hmm. It's much like aggression stored until it's ready for release. With gallbladder issues, there is something keeping the aggression and all other feelings stemming from that aggression from being released. This is a conflict that can be overcome by reconnecting to yourself, others who support you in your conviction, and your environment, including a connection or relationship with a higher power.
1: You know, it's funny you say that because I didn't even think of the gallbladder like that, right? Because I heard, we knew liver was anger. A lot of people know that, and I work with a lot of liver clients.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but like the storing ready for release. I yeah, love cause that. Cause that's what it
0: does. It literally, it releases the bile,
1: but it makes but so when, much sense.
0: Yeah. When you're not flowing it properly, you're holding that
1: in there. Oh, and Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I mean, like I said, it makes so much sense. Like uh-huh. knowing obviously what I do about anger. But, okay. Now get to the toxin overload. So mostly the liver part. Yeah. So this is,
0: yeah, again, more tied to the liver, but like toxin burden, overload. Um, obviously the liver is associated with the anger. We mentioned this in multiple podcasts. Uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> this anger can be from fear, pain, past traumatic events. Resolving this anger can contribute to liver health, obviously. Uh depression and high stress levels are linked to liver disease as well. Anxiety has also been linked in various studies to liver dysfunction. Depression and anxiety can be emotionally toxic, contributing to the overall toxicity level of the body. Liver damage due to alcohol can sometimes be traced back to traumatic events where alcohol is being used as a coping mechanism. Mm. Liver conditions can often spiritually be associated with a resistance to change, as well as the act of projecting your disapproval of yourself onto others. Mm. This results in chronic fault-finding. Rather than change the self and experience that transformation and the pain that can come with it, we attempt to change others instead. So shifting to a place of reconnection with the self, the true worth of the self, its purpose and its mission can be extremely helpful. In addition, connecting to community and the environment can be supportive in transforming what you see in the mirror to something more and in alignment with your spiritual self.
1: On the liver and gallbladder, um, when I have people cleanse parasites, not always, this will happen with some people though, like they'll get angry and they'll be like, what is going on? And I'm like, well, if there's something blocking your liver, right? Like if it's, if it's the pushing of the bile or if it's like liver flukes, like the anger has got to come out. Like it, mm-hmm. they'll be like, oh my God, I literally had like, they don't say roid rage. I think of it as roid rage, but I'm like, they're like, why am I just so angry all the time? Like I'm snapping at everyone. And I'm like, you got to get it out. Like, don't hold it in. Uh I'm not saying yell at everyone, but like, let yourself move through those emotions. And if your way of coping with that anger is like yelling, screaming, going to a break, that room, going on a run, going on a walk, talking it out at therapy, right? There's lots of different ways to move through emotions. I always like listen about the liver stuff and I'm like, hmm because I got sick at like a seven-year-old and like that doesn't hit for me you know these emotions Mm
0: -hmm. but
1: I'm sure they were there or some iteration of them
0: or maybe maybe it was something that you know was passed down from your mom like my mom's convinced
1: it was those around me (laughs) because I was like um A very empathetic little child. I mean, most children are. She's convinced that, like, I was feeling the energy of my parents who were like struggling at the time because they had three smaller children, and like my Uh siblings were really, really difficult. And my brother, like, hated everything. So they were always trying to keep him happy. And she's like convinced that, like, I felt the strain in their marriage and I felt the anger and the frustration. And so, like, I got sick. Mm hmm. She's yeah. like very convinced, which makes sense, right? Because like I'm, like I said, I don't feel like I was a an angry child. Yeah, like holding on to it, you know. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not going to say that there weren't emotions, but like I don't. But she's because she's maybe like,
0: there was like sibling emotions, like they felt angry
1: at you for being there or something. I don't know. Yeah. No, my brother definitely didn't like me because <laughs> I was. <laughs> the youngest my parents did almost divorce like in that time frame like they were not doing great and she's like I'm just convinced like you took on all of our emotions because you felt them and then Mm -hmm. like it was a blessing in disguise because you know they stayed together helped me through it and they got through it yeah it all worked out I guess this is probably a little bit of TMI sorry parents if you don't (laughs) want me to tell people this but oops um so I think we should move on to the digestive organs. There are so many of them. <laughs> do you have them broken down or do you just have like digestion as a whole? Cause I have, you know, the large intestines, the small intestines and the stomach. Yeah, I have the
0: colon, um, just intestinal support.
1: Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Stomach like, there's a support. lot. Yeah. Okay, so stomach, have,
0: intestines
1: and colon. So I have here the emotions for supporting your drainage funnel in terms of intestinal health: disappointment, holding on to, which for most people I see it's holding on to or hanging on to, frantic or anxious, feeling unneeded and limiting beliefs. There, I'm afraid to see the truth, or I lack trust in the process. And then if we're looking at like the stomach, disgust, anxiety, too high of demands, not able to process. So that's that lack of. Holding on to and disappointment, and then I'll just do the small intestine and we'll get to large intestine after small intestine, lonely, abandoned, guilt, self doubt, and unvalued. So then I don't know where you want to start because you said like seven different things.
0: No, I just I had stomach, intestines, and colon. Okay, perfect. Um, so we'll do intestines. So it says yeah. when we become overwhelmed by stress, family obligations, work, or any other factors. Our ability to digest all of this can become impaired. In addition, trauma at any time in our lives can have a large impact on our microbiota. People who have experienced past trauma learn to ignore their gut feelings because they feel unsafe in their own body. When you experience fight or flight on a normal basis, this forces your body into an inflammatory and immune depressed state. This may cause a permeable gut and increase susceptibility to bacteria, yeast, and pathogens. Intestinal concerns can often reflect a feeling of insecurity or disconnection with the world, including the self. This can lead to holding on to relationships, careers, or roles that no longer serve just to ensure that connection.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. That lack of being able to digest emotions is so real. And I know we talked about it on, I think it was the last podcast. It might've been two ago. Like, obviously I work with a lot of people with gut issues. And like, when I have people who have been through abuse- Mm-hmm. They almost always have gut issues. Yep, like that cycle. Like you, you were literally just hitting the nail on the head with that. Like they don't trust their gut instincts. They hold on to things like all of that, and it's just it very much impacts the gut. And part of that is literally like almost every single person that I know with some sort of like IBD, Crohn's, colitis, whatever. Like. They dealt with something traumatic in their life. Not everyone, not a hundred percent, but almost everyone I know with one of those diagnoses, like there's something traumatic, and it is so easy to just talk about all the like symptoms and the foods and the diets. But like, truly, the only people that I've seen put that into remission are the people that do the deep emotional work. Uh-huh. That's not to say it can't get better and your symptoms can't get better without doing it, but like to truly put it into remission and to truly like put it behind you where you're like not having those symptoms all the time. It's putting all that emotional work and working through things and forgiving and moving forward and all that stuff. And that takes time, years, right? We're not going to lie about it. Mm -hmm. I also have the large intestines as perfectionistic, uptight, anxiety, controlling, insecurity, not letting go. Not following through, unworthy, and procrastination. Okay, so let's go to one of your one more yours you had. Just... Um, we'll do uh,
0: stomach. So it okay. says, um, often indigestion is experienced and may be associated with gut level fear, dread, anxiety, griping, and complaining. It may also suggest prolonged uncertainty or a feeling of doom. People with stomach problems often lack the capacity to consciously cope with or even identify what is bothering them or their own aggressive urges. They either do not express their aggression at all, aka they get eaten up inside or show exaggerated aggression. People with stomach issues must recognize that the ability to overcome their digestive issues lies in the bounty of nature. Encourage them to eat organic, humanely raised foods. They may be surprised to learn that they can gain a greater sense of fulfillment and satisfaction in life simply by eating clean, whole, colorful foods as a positive byproduct, This will foster a sense of unity with nature, part of environmental spirituality. I love
1: that. It's, interesting just the differences between like different parts of you know the digestive tract because the whole GI tract's big mm-hmm. okay, you want to move on to colon right
0: yeah I had colon also yeah colon was very similar to the intestines yeah in its symptoms Let's see yeah so again trauma can have a profound effect on colon health trauma has had a profound effect on all of these Mm -hmm. uh but the large intestine is affected by relationships and our feelings it can be aggravated by failure to digest things that no longer serve us Mm -hmm. individuals with colon health issues are usually resistant to change sometimes spiritual concerns around colon health can stem from a feeling of disconnection like i said for the intestines um As a whole, just like with the self, others, or the outside world and the environment. So it can result in feeling stagnated and trying to hold on to connections, even when those connections are unhealthy or even detrimental.
1: I just think about all this stuff and I'm like, why do we resist the flow so much? We're so in our human that we get so disconnected from like our gut instincts and our intuition and whatever you want to call it right like whatever resonates with you gut instincts or intuition or like what like we just get so in what we think
0: well i think there's not. just such a big impression from society to that I know. this is the plan
1: mm-hmm. this is
0: the steps this, this is, is what you the do. this is the scale for everybody you know you do this step and this step and this step and this step and that's that is it
1: And it's funny because even for us in this space, I feel like, well, we deviated or I deviated from the path, right? Like went to business school, worked for a corporate America job and then deviated from the path and came and ran my own business. But even within the health realm, it's like, it looks like this to run your business, right? Like it looks like this. You see one-on-one clients, maybe you have a course, whatever, but like, this is what it looks like. And I like, I just feel like that's all of society. Like this is what this looks like, mm-hmm. but it doesn't have to. Why?
0: Yeah, I mean, I didn't get a traditional college degree, and I feel like
1: you don't. I don't a lot think of think people... I use mine.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but to not our generation, but like our parents' generation. Not my parents because they never pushed me to do that. Yeah, but it's just like very much like, and like grandparents' generation, it was like you're not good enough without a college Mm -hmm. degree. And that's very much the mentality that I experience from that generation.
1: Which is not surprising given like, uh, we were all going to college, but it's because, right. My mom got her college paid for by a job. She was an assistant during the day and she went to school at night. And because, you know, it was such the struggle through it. And because they had the opportunity to send us to college, she was like, I don't, care what you want to do with your life but like you'll go and take some business classes at least and then Mm -hmm. like start your own business and like I understand from her because it was such a struggle and she had to do it on her own and she had no help and support the fact that they could help and support us like it comes from that place Mm -hmm. but at the same time if I didn't want to that would have been toxic to me right Mm -hmm. like it would have been very hard to be like this isn't what I want to do like this isn't what I want to do Mm -hmm. it ended up being fine And my dad fought it because he had a lot of blue collar friends that did phenomenally in their lives. Like one of his best friends owns a body, an auto body shop, stuff like that. And he's like, but what about them? Right. Like, why couldn't they go to a trade school? He's like, I don't care what they do as long as they're doing something to pursue some sort of job. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. I think trade schools are awesome or like technical schools or
1: even just apprenticing
0: under somebody. Exactly.
1: That's what his best friend ended up doing. But he was like, I just want them to go pursue something he's like I don't care what they do as long as you're not sitting on the couch like just go pursue
0: yeah I think obviously college degrees for certain subjects are amazing like you need them clearly for certain subjects um and for certain jobs you know that's just what they're going to require so but I think for some some things like the amount of just like what seems to me is just like mind-numbing information like you spend like two years doing like I had to take an art history class. Yeah. All of these classes and things that don't even tie into what you're wanting to do, but you still have to pay for them and spend, I don't know. It's just. Yeah.
1: And like, I get the validity behind it because like, you're supposed to, like, I had to pursue things that, you know, just made me more creative in other senses. And it just like put my mind in different buckets than where it was going. Mm Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like literally ask me what I know about art history. I get a couple questions right on Jeopardy every now and then because I remember a couple <laughs> things, but that's about all it's got. Yeah. I appreciated it a little bit more when I went to Italy, all the art there, but like that's literally all you got from me. Like it didn't mm-hmm. change my life. I also remember because I got a friggin' B minus in art history. So <laughs> I was pretty mad it brought down my GPA. <laughs> yeah. But like I also think there's validity in like, like we said, pursuing like what you want to pursue, because I went into college thinking I wanted to be a nutrition major or a math major. Cause I love math. I was like, I want to be a nutrition major. Like I like how the body works, all this stuff. And then I, and my mom was like relatively into nutrition. Like she thought gluten was the devil way back when and GMOs. And she was right about most of that stuff, but then I got to college and I took my nutrition one-on-one class and it was literally just helping us calculate macros. Like that was quite literally all we learned. You were calculating (laughs) macros for helping someone lose this X number of pounds. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wow, if this is what nutrition is like, I don't want to do it. Right. We're not talking about quality of food just so funny that me as a little 17 18 year old 18 18 year old like that was what I was like no we should talk about like the qualities of food right like we should talk about like the certain types of food all proteins not created equal this protein bar is not the same as like meat but that wasn't what they were going to teach us that wasn't what they were ever going to teach us but if i just pursued what i was interested in it would have been nutrition but it didn't didn't look like that that type of nutrition wasn't what i was interested in exactly much yeah yeah okay Anyway, I want to talk about one more thing. So we talked about the lymph, but we didn't talk about the skin. Do you have anything on the skin? I don't think so. And then, so I have the skin in the interstitium. I literally don't even think I knew what interstitium was before this course. It's just like the connected tissue between like your organs and, and like cells and structures of your body. So I'll put them together, even though they're not really together. So interstitium, like blocked, stuck, withdrawn. It's relatively similar to lymph in terms of like the emotions, worthless, disconnected, detached, confused, and sluggish. But I want to talk about skin because people always have, not always, a lot of people have skin issues. It's pretty common. The main um, emotions with it is unprotected, threatened, insecure, irritated, and vulnerable. It also has a lot to do with being seen. Like, where are you preventing yourself from being seen? I mean, it has to do with your insecurity and your vulnerability too. But like, where in your life do you not want to be seen? Because it'll manifest as a skin issue if you're like afraid of showing yourself. Mm-hmm. That's all I got there. I think I have the heart too, but that's what you would expect, right? Lack of joy, heartache, lonely, unforgiving, victimized, disappointed, guilt, betrayed. And that's mostly what I have. Do you have anything else that you want to touch upon? I know you definitely have more, but like, are there any that like. I don't think so. I mean, they're, I don't want to say niche, but they're not like. No, yeah, we're trying, we're trying, we're trying to hit the, you, hit the top like, ones. You
0: got to, you got to go pretty soon. So
1: I do. (laughs) Yeah. We were just trying to hit the top main ones that like you guys might be dealing with because there are always going to be niche things.
0: Yeah. We got lots of
1: organs. We got lots of glands.
0: And if you guys resonated with like more than one, which is very, very common. Yeah. Like I said, you can you can self-diagnose all day, but as we always say, work with a practitioner, like both of us have the tools to support that. Like pinpoint which one is the most prevalent at this time like which one you should work on first and like you said it comes in layers um like you were saying with the mbsr it's gonna come up as this that needs to be cleared now and then you know you move on from there so yeah if you if you resonated with more than one and you want to fix it go find a practitioner that will help you with that
1: yeah and like we always say Every single ailment, whatever it is, like there are emotional and physical aspects of it, Mm -hmm. right? Like parasite cleansing was instrumental for me, but so was addressing my emotional trauma. Yeah. So like, you got to do both. We got to like, yeah, thyroid, you're going to have to be seen. You're going to have to be heard more. You're going to have to stop that silencing, but you might also need some castro effects on your thyroid, right? Like there's going to be the ebb and the flow. There's going to be both sides of it. Mm -hmm. And so that's exactly why you work with someone because someone that can support you with both aspects. Yeah releasing emotions and addressing the physical health. I mean, there are people out there that are firm believers that it's, it's only emotional and that's fine. But
0: Mm -hmm.
1: I, I've found the beauty in both. I think everyone's entitled to their own opinions. Yeah. And I mean,
0: that's, that's why I went to the school that I went to because it wasn't just one thing or the other. Like they give you the whole picture, like you combine Mm -hmm. it all together. And that's, that's how I address it with all of my clients. It's not just nutrition. It's not just emotions.
1: There's it's the yin and the yang that go together. And so with that, we talked about, obviously, like, right, I deal with a lot of gut people and a lot of liver people. We talked about some of the brief overviews that it could be in terms of your gut, in terms of your liver. And I know, like I said, we ran out of time, but we want to talk about what goes into emotionally your hormones being imbalanced, which I'm so excited to talk about next time. Cause now I'm, I'm pitching us for this next time. Cause we can't wait <laughs> to talk about it. Okay. Because people don't think about your hormones. Oh, how do your hormones have emotional so much? Very,
0: very emotionally connected. Uh, I would say more so than nutritionally, to
1: be honest. That's what I say about the gut. Not going to lie. Yeah. Like it's not the foods that are going into your gut that are impacting you. It's like the trauma. So.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Okay, cool. So tell people where they can find you.
0: You can find me at Emily
1: Joy Wellness, Instagram, TikTok website. What about you? at the, the rooted in health. And if you like this podcast, we'd love it if you shared with your friends, your family, anyone left a rating and review, subscribed, all that good stuff. Absolutely. We will catch you in the next
0: episode.